Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another solo episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Mondays and Wednesdays. Mondays are my interviews with people. Wednesdays are my little life updates or whatever strikes me to um, do a podcast episode about. This one particularly, I'm doing a new devotional or a new, I'm reading a new book called Your New Now. It's by Nikki Koziars and it's about finding strength and wisdom when you feel stuck where you are, where you are. Um, and if you recall, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I interviewed Nikki way back in, I think, 2020, maybe 2021. I think it was 2020 I interviewed her, like, in that that uh, in that summer. Because I did uh, a coaching with her that she offered during COVID called My One Thing. And she basically met with us weekly on Zoom. We had a great big group. Um, Several of my dearest friends have come from that group. We would not have met unless it was through Nikki. And I just feel honored that she came on. But this particular one just kind of caught me off guard as I was reading it. Because, you know, I like to delve into the Bible and I like to learn about verses and everything else. But there's one particular topic or verse that she quoted in her book that made me stop and think, hmm, that's interesting. And it's not like I hadn't read it before, but it just never connected with it. Right now, I told you before, I'm struggling with the fact of being worthy, of being basically the words pretty, beautiful, the the way people talk about someone's physical appearance are really triggering for me. It's a real big trigger. And so as I'm reading Nikki's book, and it's all based on Moses' um, story, I'm only into the third chapter right now, but it's uh, so far I'm um, gleaning some things about it. But the second chapter started out with this um, Bible verse. So I thought I'd read it to you. It's from Hebrews 11:23, and it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. That stopped me in my tracks. What kind of beautiful was he? Was it outward beauty? Was it inward beauty? Was it, you could see the love of God shining through his eyes? Was it, what happened if the child had come out like most newborns do? Um, ugly. What if they, at the very beginning, even their parents will say, oh, my child's so beautiful. Of course, you're, it's beautiful to you. But what happened if he had come out deformed? What had happened if he had come out with maybe something wrong with him? We already know that he stuttered. So God used that because he said he wasn't a great speaker. And we already knew he stuttered. But what happened to all that? What happened if he came out less than perfect? It got me thinking a lot about that. Because I had never read in the in the Bible where the 
they saw that the child was beautiful. I had never read anywhere that a physical appearance would show up. So I'm wondering to myself if this is the case, if that was really wasn't the case as his physical appearance, but that his parents looked at him. And like any parent that has a child when they're first born, you think your child is the most beautiful baby on earth, even though some, some children, like Nikki says in her book, come out looking like aliens. And in a way, I can see that. I can see that, that from a parent's perspective, that all your children are beautiful. Absolutely, 100%. But why include that in the book? Why, I mean, in the Bible, why include that in the verse? There has to be something else there. And it kind of triggered me. It kind of made me think, like I said, what happened if he was ugly? Would he have been saved? Or would they have said, okay, no, we don't, he's an ugly baby, we don't want him? Was it so superficial that they weren't focused on the actual, they were more focused on the physical appearance of the person, what the person was underneath? And I think a lot in societies today, that's how we view a lot of people, is we look at the physical appearance and then we look at the the emotional, the spiritual side, the, the, the beautiful soul that they are. But that doesn't shine out because the first thing we notice about a person most of the time is the physical appearance. Now, I've read a couple of times in my blog um, some things, like I told you before, feeling unworthy, um, being told that I was pretty, when oh, being told that I wasn't pretty when I said I'm pretty, um, maybe they didn't mean it to come out that way, but it came out that way and it stuck with me throughout my years. It has made me not want to try. It's giving my basically them telling me that gave me permission to not even try to be my best, to do my best, to be mediocre, to be the person that okay, well, I'm not pretty, so why should I even bother? And unfortunately, that took a toll on some of my attributes now. Um, I'm very, 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 very um, cautious about how I smile in pictures because I don't have the best teeth. Um, because I was told, you know, that I was improving. And it really did a number on my head, a major number on my head. And to this day, it still does a number. I have to, I have to catch myself and think, nope, it's not happening. But if you ever look at a picture of me, I kind of have a half smirk on my face or a grin, but my mouth is never open. And that's not my genuine smile. My genuine smile is when my mouth is open and I'm laughing. Just yesterday, we went to a little small town called Bath, North Carolina. Um, I had wanted to go for a while. Um, I just, I'm all about exploring new things and finding new places. And I figured if I can't venture out of the state, I can venture inside my state. And I've lived in my state for a lot of years. Um, I was born here. I was raised here. And there are places I have never been. So I wanted to make it to the point that I could be there and I could be the, around these states and do these things and, and follow these people and just find things to do. And the reason why I'm getting on this tough subject is because Bath is a very small town. And as we were touring the little exhibit hall where they were talking about um, Blackbeard, if you're not really, you don't know who Blackbeard is, Blackbeard's an infamous pirate that made his home in Bath for a couple of years. I think it was his last house that he had in the state uh, because it was so easy to come up the Pamelcombe River from the ocean and just dock and then get off and do whatever. And everybody liked him because he brought a lot of riches to the town, even though he wasn't a very... 
nice man. He wasn't a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Pleasant looking man. But as we were going through Bath and there, we were going through the little exhibit hall, there was a ship that was made. And I thought, oh, well, let me just take a picture, a real cute picture in my mind. In my ear. I thought it was going to turn out cute. It was me just like posing with my hand on my head. Uh, my head on my hands, not my hand on my head. Um, my hands on my head with my cheek, chin leaning on it and just like smiling. And I realized it was the smile I hated. It was the smile that teeth were showing and I didn't like it. And I almost posted, I was like, oh, I'm going to post those pictures. In my mind, in my mind, I said, I'm going to post them. I did not post this picture. Because in my mind, that little girl was back. Now, did it stop me from having a good time the rest of the day? Absolutely, 100%. No, it did not stop. It stopped me from posting them, but it didn't stop me from having a great time. And as I was walking around Bath, I noticed a lot of things. Bath is a very, very small town. Very small. We're talking less than 300 people live in the, the whole entire town. We're talking, I think they have a stoplight. I think we have one stoplight. Um, no really restaurants to eat to be able to, to have, you know, sit down and have food while you're there. But they had something that a lot of people don't have. They have history. They have pride in who they are. Uh, they have beautiful, beautiful manicured lawns. I don't think I saw a rundown place in Bath. I mean, yeah, there were some some little communities that were a little bit poorer than others, but for the most part, it was beautiful. It was right down the river. They had the townsfolks of Bath thought enough about it being a tourist destination because it's the oldest town in North Carolina. And it's also home to the oldest church in North Carolina. And they have forethought to place benches all along the town where people could sit. And as you're walking down, I want to say, I don't think it's Main Street. I don't know exactly what street it is. But if you're walking down one, you can see through the houses, the going toward the river. You can see the spots of the river. And we were looking at these beautiful houses on the river. I mean, these houses were gorgeous. One house was, I we looked it up because it was gorgeous. It was for sale. And it was like $1 million for a little small town with less than 300 people. And I was like, wow. But as we were walking around, we were noticing different things. And we were noticing all these benches that were spread out along where people can actually enjoy the view. And that got me thinking. There are so many times we are so caught up in where we're going where we're heading, where we've been, that we don't sit and think about the present, about what's going on in our life. What what enjoyment do we have for our life? At that moment, what can we sink in? What can we soak in? What can we enjoy? And it really just made me pause. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I want to post some about this, this trip. I want to write a post about it, but I also don't want to take away from my experiences there and my experiences and are the people that live there. Now, I will say that there was a few places, a few things that were kind of, you know, people weren't like, they didn't wave, they didn't speak to you. 
really was not a really great direction at all. We went into the exhibit hall, and I think that's the only interaction we had with anybody in the town was in the exhibit hall. And it was one lady that was there at the time, and she was dressed up because it was like the pirate weekend or something, in which I had checked to make sure there was nothing going on. But it just kind of, like, watched. They had such a small town, but they weren't, being, being a tourist destination, it wasn't where you could actually feel welcomed. Whereas if you go, like, I'm going to go back to Nashville, we felt welcomed in Nashville. Even when we sat down and ate and they had dinner at several places, I think it was only one time that we had really bad service, and it was the first night we were there. The rest of the time, the waiter and waitress, and people that we ran across were so nice, so considerate, so sweet, that it made me wonder, Nashville is such a big city that you would think that the mentality of the Southern hospitality would have been in a smaller town. But then you look at it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful on the inside. It's beautiful as far as the eye can see. But it had drawbacks. Number one, there was no, there was, I think, two places to eat in the whole town. They weren't very well marked. And if they went by everything else that we saw, they were not very, um, I don't, I, I don't even want to say that because they weren't marked at all. Um, but we were trying to go in and find a souvenir for me because I always like to get something from my trips to bring back with me to kind of put in the log cabin. It's just something that I, I like. It could be a rock. It could be anything. Um, but this particular time I was like, oh, let's go in there. It has a handmade crafts. Well, they were supposed to be open until five, but they weren't open at all. I mean, we still literally saw people coming up and then the door was locked when we tried it. So I was like, well. Hello, it keeps getting locked. It's, it's just funny. So, where was I going with this? So, being in Bath and sitting there and walking around a small town, it's almost like the town that time forgot. Because, yeah, it has modern electricity and everything else, but it also had a lot of old-fashioned values. A lot of um, people kind of minding their own business. Uh, we were able to walk into the St. Thomas Episcopalian Episcopal Church, um, which is the oldest church in North Carolina, it still has a very vibrant community. They still meet at the church every Sunday. They even put a pamphlet out inviting us to come in on Sundays at each pamphlet. Um, but the simplicity of that church just drew me. Because we, we get so caught up on these mega churches, and I really, honestly, I don't like that word. But I'm just going to call them what they are because I know you'll know exactly what I mean. That are all about all these shiny, shiny new things that we forget that sometimes simple is best. Simple is best, especially when you're worshiping God. Because the only thing we really need when we come in to a church or come in to worship or to pray to God is ourselves, our thoughts. And the ability to open up our heart to God. And to lay what whatever problems we have with someone else at the foot of Jesus to lay all our problems at the foot of Jesus and not worry. And as we walked into this little church, I'm talking, if, if you go on my Instagram, you can see it because I posted a picture of the outside of the church. I did take a few pictures on the inside to remind myself that sometimes simple is better. You just got a sense of, I don't know. It was just 
reverence. There's no shiny stained glass windows. It was basically like what you would see. I want to say not quite Little House on the Prairie. I know I'm begging myself. Not quite Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman as far as the church goes. It's very simple. There wasn't a lot of ornate items around. Um, of course, I don't think they would have anything that was valuable in there besides, you know, the, the love of God and the Holy Spirit. But it was very simple. Very, very simple. Very simple wooden pews with, I think, a red velvet cushions on them. But it was like a maroon color, like the Lord Jesus. There was a, a pulpit, pulpit, pulpit that was up and they had like i'm assuming the choir benches on each side of the pulpit and it was just it was, it was just so nice to be in a church that wasn't all about show it was more about worship and as i stepped out of that church it's like this is what we all need i read a post a while back about something about a little white church this is bringing me down to the little white church. And in that and in that particular post, I talked about how nothing is better to me than a small country church. My words, I'm just stubborn all over today. A small country church that is very, very what's the word I'm looking for? Um Okay, now I've had it pulled up and I'm gonna read this to you, the, the post that I wrote. It says, take me down to the little white church. There is something about a little simple white church. You know those churches you find as you drive down back roads in the country. I think that's one of the reasons why I take back roads whenever I travel. I love to explore and see the beauty that is God's country. But also, it makes me long for the days when things were simpler. When I was growing up, there was not these mega churches that can be seen on every street corner. There is something about a simple white church and a long and winding country road. It brings back memories of being able to walk to the store without the fear of, being, of getting catcalled or mummed. There is something to be said about those times when families actually sit down and ate dinner together. Those times when our curfews were when the streetlights came on. Those times when it was less about judgment and more about love. Those times when you reached out for a helping hand and one was there for you, no questions asked. Those times were when I dare say the family was everything. Don't get me wrong, I love the family I have now, but I long for those days with my sister Karen who could make me laugh without trying, and those days that I would wait up to have beef stew with my dad after he came home from working his shift as a cop. Those days were truly were I truly knew what it felt like to be a kid and to know love as a daughter and a sister. Those days I have honestly say are no more. I choose to love from afar because in that love, there is no hurt and no judgment. It is me doing the best I can with the tools I have on my toolbox. It is me saying I will be there if you need me, but I can't continue to let my health suffer so that I may stay, that, so that is why I stay away. It is me drawing a line in the sand and saying, I love you, but I can't do going to blank anymore. So you see, when I see those little white, old-fashioned, little old-fashioned white churches on my travels, it reminds me that my faith is just like those churches. They aren't flashy, and they don't make a huge statement. But the faith and love of God inside those walls, like me, and the things that keep holding them together. It is standing the test of time. It is standing in the quiet beauty that faith in God is everything. It is okay to love from afar if you know that you're working to protect the little girl you once wore 
and the woman you you have become and are still becoming. So next time you see a little white church on a country road, stop and remember all the good in your life and know that God is still there standing the test of time. That was the post. And I just felt that having that writing that post about a small church, I felt that it applied to St. Thomas's church and how you walk in the awe and the beauty of it all. It wasn't flashy. It was actually a brick church, believe it or not. It wasn't flashy. It didn't have the most modern things going on. Um, I did not go in do it during a service. So they opened it up for us to sit and just be with God. And I sat a few moments and just looked at the beautiful spaces inside. And I realized I was home. I realized that this is where God meets me every day of my life. God meets me in the quiet. God meets me when I don't want to talk to him. God meets me when I need him. God meets me in, in the ugly words that people say. God meet, meets me in the compliments. God meets me every time someone turns on a podcast and, and listens to one of my episodes. God leads me and meets me to record these solo episodes that I'm like, okay, I'm just talking crap right now. Um, but God meets me. God's words are running on me. And I just feel so glad to talk about those things and to, as I'm reading a book or something to say, this is my next podcast, solo podcast episode, because God has met me where I'm at. And as I read again, that Hebrews 11:23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. Because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edit. God saved me because he saw I was beautiful. God saved you because he saw you were beautiful. Regardless of how the human race judges us, know that you are beautiful. Know that God loves you with all his heart. And even if you don't have the love, the unconditional love from earthly parents, you have one from the Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for your kindness for listening to this episode. And I hope you don't get a chance to go visit back. It's a very small town. Um, I do have some suggestions if you do go. Take a picnic. It's really great to sit on the Bonner's Point and watch the river and watch the boats on the river. It's just such a beautiful sighting. They do have picnic areas down there for that. Um, Take some good walking shoes because you would want to walk the town. You don't want to drive. Parking are very, there are a few parking places down by the point, but, and if you have a smaller vehicle, 100% take it. Um, and you can park down there. Not a big deal. Um, enjoy the simple things in life. Unplug for a day. Unfortunately, I couldn't unplug because I had, on my way down there, I worked a lot on my, um, blog because I have so many things I have to get done and so many articles I have to write. I didn't write any, but I did have to hit publish on several. Um, but it's a really, it's a really cool town. Um, and I would go back again, but I would go back in the mind that I would bring my picnic or I would stop on the way through Little Washington if you're coming that way and get a picnic. Uh, bring bread, bug spray. And 100% I would bring our dogs again. 
Um, have any of our dogs just shakes? I thought we were actually going to go into a restaurant and eat, but we ended up eating outside, like, again, in the restaurant. So we could have brought the dogs with us, and I think they would have enjoyed it as well. But know that you are beautiful as a child of God. And I hope to hear you and see you here again next week for another solo episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Um, Monday's episode coming up is going to be one about feeding our bodies right. And so with that said, be blessed. And most importantly, keep chatting. Chats from the Blog Cabin. Hit subscribe. And don't miss the next episode.